Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Class is in session, about to learn a lesson in the game. We embrace the pain, take it and we make some change. Without scarcity, I don't know where I'll be. It's how we learn and now it's your turn. Let's get it. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Hey, everybody. Just a quick update for you, all my loyal listeners. Um, some of you have wondered where I disappeared to on Instagram. My Instagram account was hacked. So um, I built a new Instagram account. The link will be in the show notes, but I just didn't want to leave you guys high and dry like I just disappeared. Um, yeah, the, the account was taken a couple days ago and I just thought, might as well make a new account, start fresh. I may get the other account back, I may not, but I appreciate all of you and I want to be transparent with you and let you know that I have a new account. So please go follow that. It's Lance, L-A-N-C-E dot E-S-S-I-H-O-S, Lance dot E-C-O-S. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start... I'm going to do something different on this one, have show more of my lifestyle, have a lot of podcasts, but I don't want it to be fully podcast focused. And I have a video as my first post kind of explaining that. So please go in, follow. I really appreciate you guys, all your support and share this with whoever needs to know. So thank you very much. Follow me on Instagram. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Welcome to University of Adversity. My next guest today's name is Aaron Patton. He's the founder and host of the New Age Influencers podcast. Aaron is someone trying to inspire others to create a lifestyle on their own terms while going through the process himself. But this guy is a great dude and I was on his podcast not too long ago. And, you know, coming from doing something completely different, changing his world up, changing his lifestyle up to what he's doing now, he's adding a ton of value. He's connecting with a ton of influencers. Yeah, he's a great guy. We had an awesome conversation and I look forward to meeting up in person at some point. So make sure you check out Aaron. Really valuable conversation and I think you guys will get a lot out of it. Okay, so sit back, relax. Aaron Patton coming right up. What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. Yourself? I'm doing well. Doing well. It's another sunny day here in San Diego. You're in a good part of the world, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Love it down here. Yeah, right on. Yeah. I'm uh, up in Vancouver. We got some uh, blue skies for a change, so it's kind of nice. Very nice. <laughs> so what's been happening, bro? It's uh, good to have you on. Good to connect again. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, just keeping on, man. Uh, still doing the weekly interviews every Monday, solo in, uh, solo episodes every Thursday. Um, just a podcaster like yourself doing that that podcast grind, just trying to build it up, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's uh how's it how's it been so far? Who's uh what's 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 it's, been the highlight lately of the new year? Uh I had one of my favorite conversations recently. Uh I'm not sure if you've had him on though. Uh Charlie Jabbly, Charlie Rocket. No. Uh do you know who that is? Uh No, but he was, I, I should. <laughs> he was like the he was like the inspiration behind the Colin Kaepernick Nike commercial. Oh, okay. Um, he's the guy who was the manager of Two Chains, the uh, Two Chains, the rapper, Soldier Boy, Travis Porter, the group. Uh, so he was big time in the music industry growing up, but he ascended to like 300 pounds plus, and then he just totally drastically shifted his life from like business, money, and not caring about health to now wanting to be an athlete. And he trained for Ironmans, and he lost like over 130 pounds, and. Uh, he pitched wow. to Nike for a commercial, so he was a sponsored Nike athlete. So he just like had so many different intricate stories of, of just like chasing dreams. So it was, it was really inspirational. It's a good one. It's amazing. Like that's even that just reminded me of David Goggins. Like, yes. Have you seen his before and after? <laughs> I've 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 listened to some of his podcasts. I haven't read his book, Same. but uh, crazy. Yeah, his book. His book. Look, I was. I think when I listened to it, I had heard his story so many times. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "Whoa, this is this is heavy." Like, it's a great book. I was just kind of like, when I listened to it, I needed something a little bit lighter at the time. So I, I just yeah. haven't gone back to the audio of it because it's really unique. Because there's two people doing it. It's 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 not it's not like a regular audio book. Gotcha. They read it over, and then somebody comes in and steps in and says something, and it's like. They kind of overview it and it's, yeah, it's, it's heavy, man. But I mean, he, stories like that are inspiring, you know, 
because you, you look at somebody sometimes and and it's like wow how how did you get out of that you know yeah and when you just see someone in a crowd and it's like unless you actually talk to them you don't know their like true story whether or not they're a, you know known or a celebrity or, or not so until you unpack their like intricate you know stories and beliefs and just their personality coming through you know you really don't actually get to know someone like even in person if it's not a podcast interview in person you know they're more casual right they're not actually going in depth on topics because they know that it's not going to be you know published out to the world whereas podcasts you're like getting their best frame you're yeah. getting their best like realist most true self you know hopefully most of the time hopefully yeah and <laughs> and that's the thing is that that's the that's the challenge also mm-hmm. right and i think it's really important to be able to do that and but i i i think as well it's it all depends on your show too like how deep you can get them to go yeah. and how you can crack them open in a short period of time it's, it's a difficult uh, task it's it's difficult it's uh that's why for me it's hard to go less than an hour because to really to really build rapport and really build trust with that person as a human you got to have a little bit of a conversation for them to even want to to talk to you like i don't want somebody to just start spitting out stuff and like for no reason and it's just not it doesn't feel like a real conversation you know exactly yeah with charlie uh you know we only had about 55 minutes or 50 minutes yeah. and uh he had so many different things that i could talk about and yeah. he's just so layered he's like an onion that it was like it was so hard like I, I couldn't stay and focus on any one subject a long time like he also became a brain tuber in addition to other like it was just like yeah like, you almost you almost need like a four point four uh Four episodes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, we got to do a part two. You know, I've said that for a lot of people because so, so many people have such great stories, but it's, yeah. uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, I'm thankful for the hour that I get, but a lot of times, you know, not able to get more than an hour, but uh, it's better than nothing. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I think guys like Joe Rogan have that long, you know, two and a half, three hours. You can unpack a lot. Some people it's hard to talk that long with. Like there's sometimes, you know, it's, my show, I've been pretty blessed, you know, an hour is pretty good, but there's days where it's like, man, this is tough. This is a little tougher. And some days I'm like, oh shit, like it's at an hour and 15. I need to, pl- I need to stop this right now. <laughs> some interviews are way harder than others. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> it just yeah, depends man. on the person, uh, how much experience they have and whatnot. So let's, uh, let's, for the listeners out there, um, I'd love to give some insight into a bit of your background. You know, how did you get into all this? How did you get into podcasting? Because we connected over social media, which we'll talk about as well. But mm-hmm. how did you, how did you get into all this stuff, man? Give us a little bit of a background about yourself. Yeah, sure. Appreciate it. So, uh, my pod again, my name's Aaron Patton. My podcast is new age influencers. And, uh, you know, I wanted to start a podcast and learn with the audience. That was the basics behind it. So a lot of times people start podcasts after they've already made some money or had some success in business or have a brand, but I'm doing it the opposite. And I think a lot of people are getting into the opposite frame of mind where you want to start a podcast to actually learn and build a brand at the same time in whatever you care about, whatever niche or industry, uh, you know, you want to function in. So in, in my case, I was in software sales in the corporate, you know, nine to five grind for about seven years. Um, I, I moved to San Diego from DC in 2014 and uh, I just hit a wall when I hit my upper twenties in the nine to five grind. And I was like, I got to do something different, man. Like I, I was just, you know, having a good time with the culture and the company and, and selling and, you know, I had good friends and good bosses, nothing to complain in, in that respect, but it's like the conversations, the online demos I'm doing, the product I'm selling, those financial softwares. Like, I don't care about this. Like I need some deeper purpose. You know, once you start getting a little older, you start thinking more about purpose and meaning behind things as opposed to just, you know, making money so you can go buy a whiskey and Coke, right? Like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that hit me and I was like, I got to make some changes. So I actually, I quit my job. I started traveling a bit, started playing a lot of poker since I was a big poker player. And I just wanted to figure out what I was going to do. And I felt like, um, if I did that and took some risks, you know, and just started taking action in certain things, it would lead me to the right direction. And I, I kind of get off on risk myself. I'm a big big risk taker. So I I left my job, started playing poker, traveling. And then I realized that I really like poker because I get to, you know, get exposed to so many different backgrounds of people all the time. So I was like, how can I put that into more of a business oriented path? And so I I found podcasting. And I also realized I just didn't flat out want to spend 
you know, six damn days in a casino every week. You know, that's a, that's a hard life to live. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I started the podcast to learn how to, to do online business because I eventually want that, you know, all the freedoms that everyone talks about all the time, those popular hot items, like, you know, the location, freedom, time, freedom, financial freedom. Of course I want those things, but I also want, wanted to go about it the right way and learn exactly how to do it first and not just be one of those people, you know, those fly by the wall people that just try to make a bunch of money in the short term and screw people over and then, Mm. you know, and just continue on their merry way or, or, you know, their horrible way, whatever it is. So I wanted to do it right. I wanted to build a long-term brand, long-term business. And, you know, I'm only a little over a year in, so it's right in the beginning stages. Although I felt like I've been in it for a while because I've had so many conversations like this one with yourself included. Um, you know, I appreciate you coming on my podcast, learning from you and others. It's just like, just soaked in so much information, just like a knowledge sponge in this past year. I I say that I've learned more in this last year than I have in the previous 10 combined. So for anyone out there, if you guys are looking to learn, I don't know if there's anything better than doing an interview based podcast show or, or maybe a YouTube podcast interview or YouTube interview show, or just something where you're gathering knowledge from experts in your field. Just, I think it's the biggest modern hack in society just to get better in any subject you care about. Man, I could not agree <laughs> with you more than that. Like, it's so true, man. It's so true. I had no idea the magnitude that, that this would have on my development and my knowledge. Right. And just mm-hmm. sometimes I find myself talking about things and I'm like, what? How did I, when did I learn that? <laughs> yeah, you know, who but is you, this person? <laughs> but you hear these things over and over again and you're in a good state of mind. So you absorb things when you're in a high vibrational state. That's what Tony Robbins talks about. That's why he gets people to jump around because when you're feeling good, you retain more information. So when you're having these really good conversations that make you feel good, you're going to remember this shit a lot more than if you're sitting there tired and somebody's telling you how to think or, or the stuff that's just coming in, right? It's so true. And it's just a built in natural motivator as well. Like, so if you know you're, you're sticking to your content strategy and your content schedule and you know, you're putting out interviews or just putting out whatever you're, you care about talking about every week, then, uh, you know, it gets you, gets you pumped up, gets you fired up. It's not like you skip a week or two and relax and, you know, watch a bunch of movies, which that may happen, but you know that you have to continue with the content schedule. That's why I really, you know, just love the Gary Vee mentality of posting content, having, being consistent on it because not only does it help you grow your brand, but it helps you be accountable and not get fucking lazy. Right. So it's, it's just totally man. It's good. So with a new age influencer, what has been, so just for everybody, that's your podcast. That's what you've been, that's your, you know, you've been doing well, like everybody listens to me, you're just, you've been doing it over a year. You'd same, same as me. It's like the same story. Right, we're both doing this stuff. That's why it's really cool. So all of you guys listening, you know, Aaron's in the same sort of boat. We both started around the same time. We're both building. We're both doing this. And last time we talked, I feel like we had a lot of the same lessons. We're learning a lot of things, and it's uh, it's a really interesting journey. So what has been for you? What has been your biggest challenge or your biggest obstacle with the podcast? Like, and how how did you navigate through that? Yeah, the, I'd say the biggest challenge definitely in the beginning was just getting momentum and just having faith that it would eventually pick up. Just because in the beginning for, for interview-based shows, I was you know, talking and reaching out to a bunch of people, but you know, would hardly get any responses back. You know, send out 100 DMs, get yeah. maybe 10 responses back, and then out of those 10, maybe two or three agree to be on an interview, and then maybe one shows up, right? So that's, that's a lot of hard work in the beginning is, yeah. for not any payoff. And it's still like you could say that still it doesn't have like any true monetary payoff, but in the long term, that's why you just have to have like, you have to have faith in the online game that it will build up. It's like a wave you're building it up and eventually it's going to crash or go like a hockey stick. But I think just the biggest, the hardest thing is just having the faith and keeping the faith that it will work out eventually, even if you're not seeing the fruits of your labor in the immediate short term. And I think that's why not only is it so it's, it's harder for the common person to do that and have that faith, um, but it's just like, it's something that it's, it's a hurdle to get over in your mind if you don't have that experience. But that's also why talking to people, uh, in the online arena for my podcast itself, like helps me with that because, mm. you know, hearing their stories relates it back to me. It's like, uh, it took them like one, two, three, four, five years to actually build up 
some type of brand to eventually get somewhere that they want to be. Like mm-hmm. it's not a short term game. So like just having a long term view and having patience, but also in the in the short term, being able to execute and fail and make mistakes and take action quickly um, is just those those two things combined is, is key. Mm. Yeah. And so what is your strategy for pitching guests? Like what do you use Instagram? Do you use email? Because I find this really interesting because I feel yeah. like everybody's got a different formula, but I really think it's valuable because you guys out there listening, you know, I promote podcasting, you know, I, I obviously that's what I do for a living and I encourage people, but so many people are afraid and so many people are so scared to start for that very reason. And it is tough to pick up traction. It is tough, but anything is difficult in the beginning, right? And yeah. sometimes it is having people pay attention and come on your show. And, and once you get that momentum going, you can leverage people, right? And that's about the leverage. So walk us through how you do that and how it's changed maybe along the way. Yeah, so in the beginning, I was just doing a lot of copy and pasting. I know that that's not the, you know, a lot of times it's not suggested because typically when you reach out and you're trying to prospect, it's better to be customized in your approach and your intro. And yes, I would address people by their specific name. I wouldn't like say, hey, parentheses name, right? I wouldn't make that, <laughs> mis- I wouldn't make that mistake here. But uh, I, I had a canned message that I would send out. And I just mm. repeatedly sent it out. And yeah, Instagram would block me like, you know, because of the, the mass messaging. And, and I'm actually still getting blocked to this day. My recent account just got blocked. I know it, you've had some trouble with your social media yeah, accounts. Yeah, we'll get so into that next. We'll, we'll get into that later. But uh yeah, so I just I, I just had that message and I was tweaking it and just seeing what worked and what didn't. So I had an entire Excel spreadsheet with all the prospects of possible guests and then how many times I've reached out and if they opened the message or not because there's a built-in, you know, visible if they saw the message uh, tool within the Instagram DM um, if they accept the message, if you're not a follower of them. Uh, so that I would just keep track of all those metrics and see if they reached out um, or see if they responded and, and how the message worked. But now... It's morphed into like, it's just purely, I'm all about that voice DM, baby. Like it's just all voice DMs, custom voice DMs. They can hear the inflections in my voice. They can get more of a sense of the personality of what I am about or what the show's about. Now that the show has, you know, lots of guests that have been on in the past and they see the voice, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'll definitely get ignored plenty of times, but a lot of times they will respond at least. Mm. And whether it takes me a week to get an interview scheduled or, six months. I mean, shit, there's still people I'm talking to right now that I've been talking to for like a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, still trying to get them on, but uh, I don't let them go till they say I'm not going to be on the show. Yeah, so that's, totally. that's always been my mentality. Mm. Yeah. This is, this is a big thing too. So this is the first interview that I've done since my Instagram account was hacked. I know. RIP for Lance's Instagram there. Yeah. And you know what? Well, here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing, and I want everybody to take this away from this because I learned a lesson now. I may very well get it back, but if I don't, I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. I'm really okay with it because I'm sitting with it and going, you know what? This is a blessing because I'm a different person now. And if I got to build a new audience the way I got to do it, I got to do it. You know, mm-hmm. if you do it once, you can do it again. So for mm-hmm. me, I really worked hard on that, obviously. And that was a huge weapon for landing guests. Like, like, you know, I had a good following. So as much as people, here's the thing, as much as people say followers don't matter, followers matter when it comes to social proof. So when yes. you're trying to land guests, followers matter. If you're trying to sell to your, your Instagram with a bunch of followers, it's not going to work because it's actually hurting you. If you have too many followers that don't engage, not enough people see your posts. So it's pointless. So if you're trying to sell stuff on your Instagram, it's better to have you know, less and just have raving fans that actually engage. But so it's, that's the thing. That's the, that's the dance. That's the dance, right? And for me, I, the first thing I do when somebody asks me, and I, I, everybody out there, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure will go, who is this person? They'll go immediately to their Instagram. They'll look around. Yeah. Yeah. Does this guy have any follower? Who is this person? Who have they had on the show? It's the, it's the dance we all do whether you like it or not. So for me, I use that as leverage. Now I'm not as concerned because I do have a lot of ammo of guests. I can just say, look, here's what happened. I like, yep. you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's also a test to see. All right. Okay. Let's see if, let's see if it doesn't matter. Right. Let's, let's see, let's see if they respond. Yeah. But you know, losing that account now and starting fresh, it's kind of like, 
all right. And it's, it's, it's been a really valuable lesson and it's just the beginning. So what are your thoughts on that, man? What are your thoughts? Yeah. On uh, it's just my immediate question though. And I asked you this in the yeah. DM, like, yeah. did you have the two factor authentication on there? Cause if I you didn't. did, okay, you didn't. I didn't. So. And here's the lesson for everybody okay. for lesson number two. And I did it in one of my posts. I said, take the precautions you need for the yeah. security. I yeah. was, I'm a naive person when it comes to trusting people. I trust everybody until right. you give me a reason. If you fuck me over, I won't trust you anymore. And I feel like with this thing, I'm always like, ah, oh, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to get hacked. And some scumbag hacked me and he hold my, he still has my account for ransom. He wants money. He's, he's like, give me a thousand dollars. You're actually in talks with him. I, ha- I had him on my message thing. On my thing, oh my he's got God. a burned. He's got a burned account. Burned oh my God. I'm not talking to him anymore, but it was just like a thousand dollars USD in Bitcoin, which isn't much. But I ain't paying the fucker, <laughs> right? Like I'm not paying them. I'm, I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, we're gonna find you, and this is a really you fucked with the wrong person kind of thing. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the first thing I would say then is, yeah, all you all you out there who are trying to build up something, yeah, turn on that two-factor authentication so that yeah. you have to get a text and you have to validate it if someone new is trying to log in or someone could. Yeah. So that's key. Uh, my second thing is, yeah, like, you know, unfortunately, it is the truth where people look at your followers and your social proof right now. and uh, But that's really all that people have to gauge off of for online. It's not like you can go and meet someone and shake their hand and say, like, yeah. are you worthy of this thing that you're pitching me or yeah. whatever? Like, you have to have to have social proof online. That's just the nature of the game. So yeah. whether it's a restaurant with Yelp reviews, whether it's a movie reviews, Rotten Tomatoes, like we have, as people, we need some type of validation that this is legit shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and unfortunately for you, yes, like if you're, you're going from 100, you know, 50,000 followers to, you know, your new account now, that, that <laughs> sucks. But uh, you can also build it in where you're like, yeah, this, got, this account got hacked and look at my Rolodex of like past guests. Like, you know, this is a legit podcast. You know, you've been published in, you know, magazines for a top mm-hmm. podcast. So, you know, you'll be fine for sure. But for other people that may not, you know, have that evergreen content built up on a different channel and are only relying on Instagram, that's where you really are at risk. So people out there do not rely just on an Instagram or just on a Twitter or just even on a a YouTube. It's important to have uh, at least a couple different platforms where you can communicate with people. So this is actually very relevant because I actually just went off on my other account, New Age Mindsets. I just got blocked for a week. You know, it's nothing compared to any of your stuff, you know, getting deleted or hacked. But I was so pissed getting blocked for a week and I was like dropping F-bongs, like cussing off Instagram. But then I was like, all right, let's just turn this into a lesson. So I turned that exact lesson into a story. Um, I'm going live today uh, at five or talking to people about it and just like letting them know like you shouldn't have everything wrapped up in just the one Instagram account. Luckily, I have five Instagram accounts on Instagram But uh, (laughs) it's just, uh, it's important lesson. You just have to build up an email list as well. Build up. Build up a phone number list like texting or build up an email list these days is important to have your own data that you own that no one can ever strip away from you. And so that's why having a podcast uh, or a blog is really good because it's like evergreen content that you own that can never get taken away from you. Yeah. Um, unless you know, a hacker really, really wants to. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because Gary Vee talks about that. Uh, Aubrey Marcus talks about that. I was just at his his mastermind in Tulum, Mexico, and he was like, you guys, make sure you build your list and the text thing. And I was kind of like the text thing. I'm always like, ah, oh, it's kind of it's kind of cheesy, but it's true, right? And Texting boom, is big. It's, it's huge. So, I mean, these are the things we got to grow with. I wanted to talk with you as well. Your TikTok presence is very good also. Talk to us about TikTok and, and why, why is this important? Because so I'm going to correct you. It was good. And oh, what I, happened? That's actually a, a, you know, a subject as well we can, we can discuss oh, here. Oh, so really? I, what happened? Because I, I was loving your content. I'm like, I was almost <laughs> jealous. I was, like, I was like, fuck, how's this guy? Every video I see, I'm like, I, want, I wish I could create something on this stupid fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, so I downloaded TikTok when I was doing my Euro trip. So for the yeah. listeners out there, I did a Euro trip and I was podcasting and letting people vote where I went. So yeah. I was kind of experimenting. I had a lot of downtime, right? So I was yeah. experimenting with TikTok before it like got really big and before all the celebs hopped on it and all that. This was back in, you know, this was about a year ago now, uh, maybe a little more than a year ago. And so I was experimenting, just posting things here or there. like. You know, but the first in the water, I'm kind of like hesitant. I'm like, what is this crazy thing? Like, yes, it's addicting, but like, 
I'm going to post here. And then if people find this, they're like, what is wrong with you? have gone off the wagon. Uh, and, and anyway, I, I posted a couple of videos. One went viral. It was of me doing like a slip and slide in Mexico. Yeah, man. And uh, it went viral, you know, got all these hits. And I was like, okay, cool. But then I stopped. Like I didn't continue with it. I, I knew about it. I posted about it a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't stick with it. And then like it started blowing up like in the past couple of months. Right. So I hopped yeah. back on it and started posting things again. But now no one ever, you know, it doesn't promote my new videos to the old people that I built up with my old, uh, my old audience. So I, I feel like I'm kind of shadow banned. I recently did an interview with a TikToker. And he's like, yeah, I was at the TikTok headquarters and you know, that's not really a thing. They say that shadow banning is not a thing, but I was like, Oh, I think it's, I think it's a thing, even if they don't call it that because like, I stopped for six months posting, but that also learns a lesson is you need to be consistent with it in any platform. So I took do you a huge if, break. Do you think that if you kept up again though, that that could happen that you could get back? Yeah. yeah so I, I posted a you know good amount of videos and you know, maybe they get like 50, 60 views per, you know, whatever, but it used to get when I posted like in the beginning, like thousands and thousands of it's gone downhill. But also I think it plays into it. There's more competition now. Um, so you got to just, you got to be active and consistent with it. You know, if I posted one or two a day, I know I would be able to build it back up, but I'm just not willing to do that and to exert that much energy into TikTok right now. Yes, I know it's a great platform. There's a lot of untapped energy and audience and organic followings that you can build. But like I'm doing so much podcasting and Instagram and I would be doing LinkedIn soon. Like I just have some other things that I need to focus on that's going to be more helpful for me uh, yes, I'm going to still do TikToks and repost them on Instagram because TikToks are just hilarious and nuts. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm typically just keeping it more for fun, which I mean, inherently you need to just have fun in whatever platform you're doing anyway to, to naturally grow. But yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of little lessons in there. But uh, TikTok, I still do it, but I repost it for Instagram just to entertain people. It's right. like my main thing for it right now. So, Okay you're with your new journey with your you know everything you're doing entrepreneur wise social media wise content wise how do you get primed up you know like how do you how do you set yourself up like say you have some you have a massive day ahead you got to get all the shit done you need to be primed to the max what sets you up for your best day what sets me up for my best day honestly i just I have kind of a, I probably have a different morning routine than most people. I don't like wake up at four or five or even six or seven. Like mm. I typically wake up like eight thirty nine is typically my wake up time. Um, and I just try to keep that consistent. Um, and my first thing that I do, another thing that people say is not to look at your phone. Well, I typically look at my phone first thing in the morning at eight thirty or nine, but I immediately send a bunch of voice DMs. So I send a bunch of appreciation DMs, like gratitude-based DMs to awesome. followers that I already have saying, hey, man, I just appreciate you uh, interacting with the account. I address them by name. Hey, John, I appreciate you interacting with the account. Thanks so much. Uh, if you weren't aware, I also have a podcast. If you have some free time ever in the future, if you wouldn't mind giving it a listen and giving me some uh, feedback and your opinion, I would really appreciate it. And then that's it. So I send like 20 or 25 messages to new people that I haven't talked to before. And that kind of gets me in the mood of like being thankful for the people that are, you know, willing to put at least a second or two of their time into interacting with my account or my podcast or whatever. And so that sets me up in a good frame of mind. That's not awesome. only just to Dude, get my I love vocal, that. Yeah. Not only to get that. my vocals talking, but just to get me in a good frame of mind. So that's, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't have any like, mantra where I write down in a journal oh, or like enough. tea that I drink or anything like that. that a lot of people do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the future as I age, but uh, right now yeah, it's just oh, like sending cool messages. Though, bro. I've, yeah, I've so. out of, you know, 160 something episodes, no one's ever said that. So that's really fucking cool, dude. Thanks. Like, I really like that. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what I do. Yeah. So, and then no. I eat some, you know, eat some, uh, a bagel or a cereal or whatever. I don't eat anything um, fancy usually for breakfast. Bad boy, just... bagel first. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. I mean, it's that's the thing, right? And that's that everybody's got their and and I really believe that you got to find the time that you wake up is best for you. And mm -hmm. you're right. If you do that at the same time every day, it doesn't really matter, right? And mm -hmm. if you feel better getting up at eight and you work later and you get things done, who that's fine. There doesn't have to be this like feel bad because I don't get up at four o'clock bullshit, right? Yeah. Not everybody's wired for that. Some people have, you know, other stuff going on in the evenings, 
Um, I think it's important to find a time that works. Like for me personally, if I can somehow get into that routine of getting up at 4.30, I personally feel better and work, I get more done, but it rarely happens. And I always say like, why don't you do it more? Because for me, when I sleep in, and this is just me, when I sleep in, I almost feel like I'm like, there's some sort of laziness or something and I can't get into the day as much. Right. And I find that unique how people, how, how everyone's different. You know, maybe some people like to do the night. Like I think Tim Ferriss is more of a night guy, goes to the gym, like people go to the gym at night and that's okay, right? I mean, totally okay with whatever. But I think you got to find what works for you and stick with it yeah. to get the best results, you know? So true. Yeah, I mean, I, I would prefer staying up later yeah. than getting up earlier. So that's just how I do it. So that's a similar mentality to Tim. I didn't know that Tim did that. But uh, yeah, if I if I see someone online or on Instagram and they're talking about like only morning routines, how that's the most important thing, I don't follow those people because I can't relate to them. Mm. So um, I, I don't follow anyone or, or take those, you know, take that advice to, to heart. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's just different with everyone. Yeah, you just got to find what works for you. And uh, my, you know, my morning routine will definitely change over time. And I'll probably have different responsibilities in five, 10 years than I do now. But right now, you know, you know, I'm taking care of myself. Don't have any dependence. Like, you know, shit, I'm going to wake up at nine, not six. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I'm I'm pretty sure I read that about Tim Ferriss, but I could be just, you know, bullshitting everybody. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it really depends on, you know, where you're at. So what, what about like, your day to day, man, like talk us through like some of the challenges that you're going through because, you know, this, this game isn't easy and you know, you may lose an account, you may lose, um, whatever that may be. There's a lot of shit happening you know, with algorithms and people and, and all kinds of stuff, man. What is your biggest struggle on your journey right now? Like, what yeah. is it that really, that's like that thing that you're like, fuck, like I got to get through this, but it's tough. Honestly, it's like, it's still the same thing I said before. It's like having the faith because I'm not, you know, I'm still in the beginning, but I'm not in like the way beginning. I have at least a year, right? Yeah. But I have a year of just building foundation. I'm a, I I described myself in another interview that I was on, you know, that I'm a, I've just been a bricklayer for so long and it seems like so long, but in reality actually hasn't been that long, only a year. You know, that's not that long in the grand Mm. scheme of things, but it feels like so long and I should be like, making as much money as I did when I left my job. And that's nowhere near the case. But I also haven't even put a step forward to try to legitimately make money because I told myself I wasn't going to try to make any money for a year um, in the podcast because I wanted to build that foundation and make sure that I loved it. And like that's the direction I wanted to head in. And now that all that's validated for me in my head and I have enough knowledge where I feel like I can be valuable to help other people that are starting out that are maybe a couple steps behind me, then I'm going to really be starting to try to monetize here and launch a digital membership and all these types of things here in the very near future. I'm already doing like a test group right now, mm-hmm. but um, keeping the faith, it's, it's hard when you go from making like six figures to zero and then maybe a little, a little change here and there with this online stuff, but uh, yeah. staying motivated there and not getting sucked into the fact that like, oh man, is this not going to work out? Do I need to go back to, to get a job, which, you know, may have to occur if I don't make money fast enough. But uh, right now it's just like, all right, just, just try to keep focusing one step at a time, like one action at a time. Like, what do you need to do tomorrow? Make this video or do this or source some new guests or whatever, like just keeping on the ball with certain things you have to do. And I'm not going to lie. Like it's definitely been hard. There's like, some days that go by where I, I find myself really not getting anything done. And then I look back and I'm like, what did I really do today? It's like, mm-hmm. I just messed around on Instagram. I went to the gym and went grocery shopping. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I didn't actually get any videos done or anything substantial. So I think that's a, that's also very hard when you're on your own schedule, you know, whether or not you're you know reporting to a boss or not, whether it's yourself or not, it's, it's, it's a difficult task to be, man. <laughs> to be on your own shit. <laughs> so true. And people don't realize that it's you. It's funny when you, when you go into a job and you clock in and you know, you're there and you're yeah. watching the clock and you can't go quick enough. <laughs> right. And then when you're on your own, the, the day just flies and you're like, I do. Yeah. And, you know, because things take time, a couple meetings there, a couple interviews there, all of a sudden it's eight hours. 
you know, and then you went to the gym and it's like, oh, well, I'll just have to do it tomorrow. And I really think that it's the balance between income producing activities versus um, things that need to get done, but aren't priorities. Yeah. And I, I struggle with that too. You know, like for me, the new year, we projected our business to be a certain way and it's not, I'm getting thrown curveballs, getting thrown things, counts being taken away, all kinds of stuff. And now, you know, I may very likely have to go and work as well and do other stuff and get crafty because that's the entrepreneurial journey, right? You got, you have your, we have our vision Mm -hmm. and it's not linear. However we get there, we get there, but we got to be willing to eat the shit at some certain points, even like what Gary V says, because they will be high points, you know, before Christmas for me, it was like really high points. Like all this shit was happening. And then at the new year, I was like, wow, we're going to smash it. And it's been slow. And it's like, wow, okay. All right. You know, what, like, yeah. what, so, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and you, especially when you got a, you know, you, you got staff to pay, you got a costs and you're factoring in this money that you think's coming in. And then you're like, whoa, okay. I got to pull back and, and, and learn from it. Right. So that's, that's really the interesting part of this entrepreneurial journey is, is like, generating that income, but still like doing things to generate that income, but still doing things that, you know, add value and not being desperate and, and all of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, I mean, you're farther along than I am with just the true, like, you know, entrepreneurship journey. Cause you have, yeah. you know, some employees and you have yeah. some like legit revenue and I'm still yeah. like, you know, in, in the ground zeros, but, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to, to get that mindset. I forgot what I was going to say, but, um, when you actually have to be accountable to yourself and create dollars, I think those income producing activities, like you mentioned, I was going back to another interview I had with uh, Ravi Abhavala. He's like a, he's, he's a guy that was going down the, the lawyer path. He's going to become a, a lawyer. And then his dad took him out to a dinner with a bunch of like really established lawyers. And he asked for advice and every single one of them, like all these multimillionaire dollar lawyers who are all very old now and experienced, they all said, don't be a lawyer. So, so, so he's like, all right, I'm going to do something else. And he went into uh, the online game and he's like started a couple companies, but his big thing was, am I setting appointments or taking appointments? Like every day, what am I doing? Setting appointments, taking appointments, setting appointments, taking appointments. Like those are the, those are the two things that create biz dev or new clients or whatever. Like if I'm not doing, if I'm not setting appointments or taking appointments then I'm not creating, then I'm not doing any activities to my bottom line. It's like, yes, I may be on a podcast interview. I may be building my brand. I may be, you know, shooting content and video. I may be on vacation, like whatever. But if I'm not doing appointments, then I'm not doing my business a service. Um, you know, I had to write least, that. I had to write that down, bro, because that's so true. Yeah, setting appointments or taking appointments. That is so true. Yeah. So one right. of those. Yeah, one of the. You know, that's why I really love this podcast too, because I can just. I feel like a gold miner. I can just like grab the best gold yeah. from all these great mines and just like yeah. always, you know, just put it and mash it into my head or write it down because I forget a lot of them. So mm. like, you know, it's it's something that's uh, fantastic about podcasting. It's like a, a podcaster slash gold miner. I think I heard that on Ty Lopez. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm just a gold miner. I'm grabbing the best knowledge and just uh, throwing it back at people in the audience. So. Yeah. And then you can go back and listen to it. I find it hard for me to listen to mine for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't listen to, yeah, mine. Like I, I can't do I, it, so, man. Sometimes I just make sure it's still there. <laughs> I'm like, you know, people will be like, oh, I love that episode. I'm just like, yeah, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm like, I can't. Speaking of Ty Lopez, I reached out to him. He reached out back. Nice. And I never heard again from him. So I yeah. don't know. But that's standard with the big fish. <laughs> Pretty standard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Talk talk me through we were, you were talking earlier about what is it, the seven step now yeah, so, for, for the listeners out there, because I know you're working on some cool shit. And I know for you, Aaron, you're always looking to add value. Yeah. You're, you're that kind of guy. I want everybody listening to know that like I've seen it and you do it and you practice it. It's all about value for you. So I appreciate that how you show up. Thank you. And I'm really that. curious to hear about what you got going on, man, because, you know, I know you can help a lot of people. Yeah. So my big thing is the value, but then I also, I throw a little zingers in there. I throw some fun in there. So yeah. if you guys follow my personal account, I do some crazy shit. Um, yeah. So if you do want to listen to or follow it, it's Aaron B. Patton. But um, for, for this whole thing, I've like, 
you know, I, I said to myself uh, for a year, I was going to listen, soak in information, be a sponge. And then at the end of the year, I was going to try to figure out how I was going to possibly going to monetize in the future. Not like try to sell something like a, a quickly at a bunch of, you know, for a bunch of people and make a quick buck, but like, what's something that I can legitimately set up and then continue to work on for two, three, four, five or longer years that will actually help out people. So I kind of, I, I summarized it all in like a seven stage series. I recently just put it out. I haven't even announced it on my own show yet. Um, but I call it like the seven stages to actually making money online the correct way, whether or not you're going into like physical product sales, like you want to sell a t-shirt or you can do digital product sales, like for a course, or if you want to just want to make money through affiliate marketing or Facebook ads, like whatever your thing is. Um, this is like the stuff, the common steps, the universal steps that I've uh, researched and like put together based on all the conversations I've had with people. So they all start with C to make them easy. Uh, so I'm just going to go over them real quick. Cause I think it's going to be helpful for the audience. Sure. So it's like seven stages, the change stage, the clarity stage, the content stage, the connection stage, the consultation stage, the credibility stage. And then the last one's kind of optional. I call it the cause stage, C-A-A-S, content as a service. So in my opinion, these stages are like the best way to go about actually making money online. If you don't really know what's going on, if you don't have already a direction or just like a flow to your first dollar. So I can definitely go into detail with all these stages just a little bit um, mm -hmm. if you'd like. But uh, it's just like a framework that people sure. can locate sure, where they are on the framework and the path and then where they need to be and what action items they need to take. So sure. like the, the first one, the change stage, that's like, you know, nothing happens in your life before you change your mindset. So it's like just changing your mindset is the first step to anything, I think, to whatever you want to do. So like just framing your mind. Um, and then this is all geared towards the Internet, right? So online business branding, social media. So it, the, the big hurdle, I think, for a lot of people is that you're not exchanging time for money on the internet. It's value for money. Like what we talked about, you have to be valuable to the marketplace. It's not, a, it's not about how much experience or time you put in. Yes, that plays into it, but it's more about the value. If there's a 16-year-old that's providing more help, more free content, more help to someone in a particular niche, maybe about like rock climbing, than a 50-year-old trying to do the same thing. Maybe the 50-year-old has 40, you know, 30 years experience as a rock climber, but they're bad at social media and the internet and they're not putting out the tips. They may know all the tips, but they're not putting them out. Well, the 16-year-old's going to win because he's providing more value to the audience. So that's just like one example of a mindset change that you need to have. So that's the first stage. It's a change stage, like thinking long-term, understanding that you need to be valuable just making sure that, you know, you actually like doing what you're doing and where you want to go forward. Because if you don't enjoy doing it, you're going to give up like with this podcast or with any type of content strategy you have. So that's, that's the first one. Um, the second one is clarity. So like getting clarity on your strategy, like what, what industry, what niche, what audience are you going to go after? And then what type of like passion fueled purpose are you going to have behind it? So in my mind, it's like three buckets. So for people, when they say like, follow your passion, right? Follow your passion. That's like an overstated, like uh, umbrella type statement mm. that I think misleads a lot of people. So that I think three buckets is important for people to understand. One is that like, let's take an example, like, um, I don't know, snowboarding. So if you're, if you're very passionate about snowboarding, you can be the subject. So you can be going down and filming your snowboard tricks or your new trails, or you can create a podcast like visiting every mountain in the U.S and letting people know about the best spots to go snowboarding or whatever. So like you can be in the trenches doing snowboarding and trying to make a living out of that. So that's one bucket. Or in bucket number two, you can work a job within the industry of snowboarding, like work for Burton or work for something else, like something that you touch snowboarding that industry a lot, but you're not actually getting paid to snowboard. So that's another way that you could like, quote unquote, follow your passion. And then the third one is what most common is that, okay, you like snowboarding, right? So you want to spend as much time as possible snowboarding. So what do you need to do in your life and your lifestyle to create as much free time as possible so you can go snowboarding more? Well, typically that answer is going to be online where you're stopped and you're not going to exchange time for money. anymore. So it's just important to understand clarity. Like what's your passion? What type of high income skills can you match to your passion? And where do you actually want to go with it? 
because snowboarding specifically is for that example, you know, that after you're 30 years old, you know, if you're still doing tricks, you know, your body might, <laughs> your body might yell at you a little bit. Um, but it's just, a, just thinking long-term and getting clear on what you, what you actually like doing and what your path is going to be. Um, and like who you want to serve and what problem you want to solve for people. So I know I'm going pretty long here, but um, That's all right. I think th- those first two are really important because a lot of people can't get those first two. And if you don't get those first two in place, then no matter what type of content you put out, what type of like consultant you claim to be, or like what type of course you create, like you're never, it's not going to be embedded behind something actually true and and real for you as a human being. Mm. So I really, that's one of the, the two things that I think is really important. Like, don't be afraid to spend time in those stages. I myself spent like a, probably a year or two in each of those stages, like leading up to me quitting my job. Like I was changing my mindset, listening to Gary Vee a lot, having that Gary Vee tick in the back of my head, like we all have at some mm. point. Um, and then clarity, getting clear on things like shit. I started playing poker and then it, I take, took action and led me to something else. And then, it's now morphed into what I'm doing now. But um, yeah. And then, you know, once you have those first two stages and you're clear about those, the next one's content and just creating a content strategy that's repeatable and that's fun for you because content marketing is hard and it's not sexy a lot of times because you have to stick with it because you're just putting out all this effort with no return. So you're like depositing, 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 yeah. depositing, depositing, depositing in a bank. And you're never withdrawing, ever. That's what <laughs> it feels you, like sometimes, man. Yeah. And so, but you just have to know in your mind that you'll eventually be able to withdraw and withdraw a lot or on a consistent basis. But that's why I think co- having a content strategy, like a pillar content strategy is key. And when I say pillar content strategy, uh, what I've heard is that you really need to have an evergreen strategy. So like a podcast, a blog, or a YouTube. So something that's evergreen and or searchable is key. So not just an Instagram account. We already talked about that because yeah. that can be deleted, but a YouTube channel, a podcast or a blog as your tentpole of content. And then surrounding the tentpole, you can have maybe an Instagram strategy or a Twitter strategy or a TikTok strategy or a LinkedIn strategy uh, or a hybrid or co- combination of all of those. Because, you know, Gary says put out a lot of com- content everywhere, but if you're just starting out, you really just need to focus on one or two, but you still need to have that tentpole, the YouTube channel, the podcast or the blog. And so just you need all that. three. You figure you need all three of those though, right? No, no, no. Either or a YouTube, yeah. a podcast or a blog. Yes. It's much better to have all three. Because I like, feel, I feel like that the, the YouTube channel will really feed the podcast. Like my buddy, Ben Azadi, the guy's absolutely destroying his, he's getting like ridiculous downloads, but he, yeah, gets, yeah, yeah. he builds it from YouTube, builds his email list. And then his podcast just blows up. Yeah, no. So if you have all of them, yeah, I mean, means, if you have the capacity to do that, you know, that's definitely better, sure. but it's yeah. better. It's, it's the important point is that you need to be totally. high quality and better on one rather than being mediocre at three. So if you're totally. going to give up quality, then it's not worth it. But if you can do high quality across all three, well, boom, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can cross promote so you can, you know, post the YouTube channel or the YouTube video and then rip the audio and make it a podcast. But a lot of time it doesn't translate because, you know, you saying something video is much different than you just hearing something. Yeah. The intricacies are going to be different there. Um, but yeah, just having a, con- a pillar content strategy is important. It's you know, treating yourself like a Netflix show where you're producing content every single week, at least for your tentpole of content. And so people can count on it like a show. So you can just think of it logically, like, if you're watching a show and you start to enjoy it, really love it, and you become a fan of it, you know, if it doesn't put out an episode for a week or two, you're like, what the hell? So you have to be consistent. You can't miss a day. If you miss a day, your audience is going to be disappointed and, and maybe go away, go to a competitor. Mm-hmm. So you just got to be consistent. So that's why you have to have a fun, repeatable strategy. Like if you're putting out a, a fun show, but you can't repeat it in any nature, like if it takes like so much effort to put out an interview for you, because you're interviewing just like the biggest people then that might not be repeatable. So mm-hmm. you need to understand that it has to be fun and repeatable and also helpful for the audience. Like for content, it needs to be educational, entertaining, inspirational, or engaging. Like one of those four things. And if it's mm-hmm. not doing those things, then it's, it's not going to land with your audience or your future audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's number three. And then number four is the connection. So if you have content, but you don't actually connect with your audience, after creating content, then it's almost pointless because 
a lot of people think that they start producing content, they build up a content bank, and people are just going to come listen or come watch or like come like and follow their stuff. That's never the case in anyone. If, if you don't already have a brand, again, this is for people that are starting out. Like if you don't have an established brand and you start producing content, you're going to have to actively grab those eyeballs and throw them onto your stuff. And you do that through DMs, through interacting with them on social media, liking and commenting on their stuff, um, and just doing collaborations as well. But you just have to bring people to your content officially because if you just build it, they're not going to come. Like you have to make them come in the beginning. And then after a while, it starts to organically build up. But in the beginning, just because you put up a video doesn't mean anyone's going to care or watch it. Yeah. So that's what something people need to understand. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's the, the fourth stage. And then getting into just the last couple, uh, the fifth stage is consultation. So I always say that that's really important, again, because after you produce content, it's important to have one-on-one conversations, whether it's through Zoom or a phone call just with your audience and seeing what they like and don't like and just like figuring out what the best strategy and pathway is for your, for your model. Because you may be doing something that the audience actually doesn't really like or that they actually do like, but you just need to validate it. And then also you can make some money here. So that could be your path to your first dollar online is consulting. But you just need to have these conversations where you're understanding what your audience wants. So whether you do it for free or do it for a nominal fee in the beginning, it's important to have those like private, longer form conversations, you know, not just the DM conversations with people just to truly gauge what people want from you and not only to, you know, help you in the immediate, but also your future products and services and offerings that you might be providing. Mm. So um, I think that's a stage that a lot of people skip, but something that's really important, whether or not you want to brand yourself as a consultant and like sell high ticket coaching programs. And that's something you want to do or not. It's just still important to have those consultation conversations. And then the next one is just credibility. So like after you produce this content consistently, after you get, after you get some notoriety in your industry, um, you start aligning yourself with authoritative people or you start getting published on like articles or magazines or start doing guest podcasts like this or whatever, like you start to build up credibility and it only builds up as time goes on. And then that's where people start to come to you and you don't have to always actively reach out to people. They start to find you organically. But that only happens over the long term after you've done it for a while, after you prove you know what the hell you're talking about, and after you get some social proof. So the social proof is the last part of the credibility, and that's mm-hmm. really the biggest thing. So that's one of the biggest takeaways that people need to understand is like you, yourself, your personality, your look, your accounts, you know, that's great. You can try to sell all day long. But the only thing that's going to truly move the needle for your business is going to be testimonials and or case studies for people who've gotten results from what you help them with. So it's not enough just to say, hey, I'm the best, because you're obviously biased, but you need to have other people saying, yeah, he actually is really good, that's a testimonial, but even better than that is a case study where these people say, oh, because of him or because of this, I've gotten this result in my business or life, or I've made this dollar, or I've, or I've been able to grow this account, or whatever the thing is, or I've been able to lose these 20 pounds. Whatever the thing is that you're helping them with, if you can produce results for other people, that will be the best sales tool that you could ever, ever get for people. Because it goes back to what we were talking about, the social proof. That's really all that can, people can go off of to, you know, have it in their mind that, you know, they're not going to get screwed over by, you know, mm. buying into what you're selling. So that's that, that's that. And then the last one's optional. So after the credibility stage, you have everything and you could go any direction with your with your uh, revenue strategy. But in my opinion, the best way to go about it these days and the way that you actually eventually are able to work less and make more is content as a service. So it's like the subscription membership based model. And a lot of people might say, well, I don't want to do all this stuff every month or talk to people. But like now in 2020, it's much more important to set yourself apart from just like the regular course people. So plenty of people are hawking their courses and putting out their information and whatever, and maybe if they get enough people to buy it, they'll make some good money. But most time, those people don't actually take the action necessary after they learn the information. So they don't actually implement the information. So where uh, subscriptions and memberships take off is because you are actually maybe having a weekly Zoom call with them or actually touching you know, with them to make sure that they're, being, they're doing and taking action on what you've taught them so that you're actually transforming them and getting results. So it's like transformation over information. 
And that's what, keep, that's what people care about. They don't care about just like learning a bunch of information. Yes, it's great to learn information. Yes, it's great to listen to podcasts. Yes, it's great to buy courses and feel smarter. But if you're not actually going to implement it into your life, you know, it really is almost a waste of time. Um, even if you're smarter, like if you're not going to actually implement it, if I'm going to read a book and I'm not actually going to take something and apply it to my life, it's not, you know, it's just an, it's just a form of entertainment. So that's why it's just so important to really actually be the guide for people to give them a transformation for what they care about, whether it's as simple as losing 20 pounds, baking a pie or making money online for teaching people that or whatever it is, whatever your thing is, or teaching them how to snowboard trick, you know, whatever you know, or do snowboard tricks, like whatever your thing is. Um, and the reason why I think subscription-based model is the best is just because people are used to that now, right? Like everyone's yeah. Spotify, Amazon, Prime, you know, Dropbox, all these services, Zoom, uh, all these services, and they're used to paying like a smaller dollar fee per month and getting a service rather than just buying it. So yeah. um, I think his name is Tian Zhu. He's the, the CEO of Zora. He has a lot of great talks out about the subscription economy and the way the world's going. That's why SaaS companies are blowing up is just because it's a more predictable, reliable revenue model, just a better revenue vehicle. So instead of you working at a SaaS company, just turn your damn self into a SaaS company. That's why I say content as a service, like your individual uh, SaaS company. Just You just got to be willing to put out your Netflix TV show and make sure that people understand what you're about and then leverage that into money to, to grow that membership model and grow it over time. You know, again, it's not a short-term thing. It's something that will uh, go up like a wave. But uh, if you can build it up, you'll get that predictable recurring revenue. And, uh, you know, you'll wake up every month with legitimate dollars in your pocket and you'll actually be able to help legitimate people. And that will just make you feel way better, not only to have more money, but to make a bigger impact. And I just think that's the best way to do it, because if you're selling high ticket coaching programs, that's great. But every time you sell someone like, yes, you can sell them on your or sell them on your information. But if you don't stick with them as a client, you know, they might fall off. Whereas yeah. the membership model, you're always talking to them and always there for them. You know, whether it's once or twice a week, you know, it's not that much time. But uh, that's way you can just like scale your knowledge and scale your impact. And I think that's, in my opinion, the seventh stage, that's completely optional that's, for people. But that's yeah. just my opinion of the best way to do it. And that's what I will be doing in 2020. Whether it starts out real slow or picks up fast, you know, that's what I'm committed to. So that's, that's my spiel. I appreciate you letting me uh, talk. Oh, bro, that was so much <laughs> value there. I mean, you know, like that's... That those that's all amazing information, and I'm I'm grateful you shared that because I think there's a lot of takeaways there. You know, there's a lot of useful things that people need to think about, and I encourage people to get curious about those steps because, you know, there yeah, there's a lot of value in there, and there's a lot of things that I think we can we can apply. And I was just listening even in my own life and thinking about you know my strategy and what I'm going to do. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of things. There's there's so many things, right? And like yourself, like we've been doing this for a year and, uh, you know, I didn't have, I wanted to give without expecting anything in return with this show. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about trying to make a quick buck with the show. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, now that we've created what we've created in the last year, it's like, huh, okay. Now mm -hmm. I can start to think about different ways of getting creative about revenue. And that's where I'm at. And I'm sure you're the same. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about what's the best way I can add value and create an income because you have to, you have to know that you're worthy of your, of your skills and your light and your, yeah. what you say matters. And yeah. I struggled with that, you know, a year and a half ago, I, I didn't know where I was at and now I've learned, I'm like, okay, so I know my value. I just need to figure out a way to, you know, connect. And I think through coaching programs, I agree with you. I think the membership model is great because then you can give value. You can build your tribe you know, whatever, like Facebook groups or however you do that, I think is super important. It's something that I haven't explored at all. Like I haven't done anything like that. And um, yeah, I really, I really like that, man. I, I appreciate that because there's so many people that need that knowledge. And I don't, and there's a lot of people also, you talked about people that read books and people that take courses and don't apply. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that are, are book readers and quote readers that don't take any action. It's right. It's, gets on my it gets on my nerves but it, because maybe that i was the same way at one point that's why it triggers me and i think it's bullshit if you're going to keep reading books and not do anything about it yeah at because a certain point you just gotta you gotta 
haven't moved the needle in your life. Like there's yeah. only so many books you can read. Like I listen to podcasts consistently every day, all the time. But like now I just kind of do it for validations. Like, oh yeah, that's the 17th time I've heard that. Good. Yeah. I remember it again. Like, yeah. And I'm, I'm actually applying. So like, yeah. you know, or I can use that, you know, again, in, in what I'm teaching. So it's, uh, it's, it's something that like I'm learning for a purpose. Yeah. And I think that's important to take away for, for a lot of people. And then also another good point is that you don't have to be like people, you know, think that a lot of times they have to have, you know, thousands of followers or millions of followers or like no. be this expert already. But that's wrong because content creates expertise. Yes. Like I was at ground zero. So were you. Well, maybe not ground zero, but like towards the bottom of the bucket. Yeah, I was ground um, zero. Yeah. And then after a year of talking to extraordinary human beings and people that have had all the success, now I feel like I'm at least at stage like three or four for knowledge wise. And so I, as yeah. long as you're like a couple steps ahead of the people you're helping, then you'll be able to make money online. And a lot of times that's better because it's more engagement. Like they know that they'll be able to get a hold of you and talk to you and get help and that you're more similar to where they were because if they paid like, I don't know, 5,000 a month to Lewis Howes or someone, which not to knock on him, I love Lewis Howes and like all these big people are great. You know, the Grant Cardones, everyone like the Marie Forleo's of the world, like they've made it though, right? So like you're not going to be able to just like hop on a call with them every single week and get like one-on-one help, you know, but if you're just, if you're in a program with someone that's just a little bit ahead of you, mm. it's more relatable and you know that you're actually going to have some attention. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's, that's more key rather than getting like a saying that you're working with a big name or you're in a big yeah. name person's program. So, you know, there's more than one way to skin it, but uh, totally, I think that's really important to understand as well. Where can we find you? Where can everybody check you out? Where's the best place? Yeah, all the stuff is at Aaron B. Patton. So A-A-R-O-N-B as in boy, Patton, P-A-T-T-O-N.com. And uh, you can get to all my stuff from there. And that's the same for my Instagram account. All my Instagram accounts can be found from Aaron B. Patton.com. Uh, don't judge me by my TikToks, but uh, there's some other good stuff on there as well. I'm going to have everything in the show notes so everybody can check you out. Cool. Um, yeah, man. That's Thank you for this awesome conversation like there's been a lot of value in there and i can see that you've learned a lot and come a long way and and i think these are things that we can all apply in our own lives we I think we can all get a little bit better mm-hmm. you know we just need to get curious on where we're at in our journey and i find that through this journey that i don't put people on pedestals anymore like i used to they're just further along the journey than we are these these people who are you know who we idolize it's like, yeah well they it's- were where we were yeah. Like, look at us. Like we're it's, <laughs> like, I mean, we're, it's, it's such a weird thing how your positioning of success, how one day you become this thing that people look up to as like the, the know-it-all of life or something, but they just put in the time. <laughs> they just put in the time and the, you know, like consistent- five, 10 years of, of, of working at it. I think Steve Sims, uh, if you haven't had Steve Sims on, you should definitely have Steve Sims on. I'm not sure if you have, but uh, yeah, no. he's like a like a billionaire consultant. He's worked with like you know, nine or ten billionaires. He's like yeah. kind of like the magic man, like Wizard of Oz. I think his book has some like thing where he talks about that. Anyway, uh, he was talking about like spending time with these billionaires. Like they're just all just really, really good and focused at this one thing, but everything else around is like the same. It's like yo, man, do you want to grab some sushi later? Like, where do you want to eat? I'm not really sure what I want today. Like, like all this stuff that he talks about, it's like, yeah, but they just made a billion dollars selling nuts to squirrels. Like, that, you know, it's <laughs> that's the only right. difference. Like, uh, so these people, they're all regular people like you and me. They've just dedicated more time. Yeah. Really the main differentiator between, you know, people that are deemed successful versus those that are deemed not maybe successful is that, you know, the successful people, they just don't worry about money things. So like they have options and access to things that regular people don't because regular people mostly have to worry about how much it costs or am I going to be able to take vacation this week because I don't know my bank accounts at this, mm-hmm. but those people don't worry about that anymore. So they talk about different things. They talk about, mm-hmm. you know, charities or helping people or like what their kids doing in the sports or like whatever, like they don't worry about money related problems, which is like the bulk of what, you know, America has for problems. So, yeah. so true yeah. to wrap it up, bro. What is one lesson or the number one lesson that adversity has taught you? Adversity. I think adversity, I, I, in my mind, I myself don't feel like I've gone through like a huge amount of adversity. I, I don't have like a trauma story. Uh, I don't have something that has like really made me go down the rails for a long time. 
but I would say just for anyone, no matter what they go through or no matter what um, you're feeling, like just know that it's going to be fine. Just take the next step. Like if you take the next step forward, no matter how little the step is, maybe the, maybe the step is like cleaning your dishes. But as long as you just get some momentum for whatever you're doing that day or that week, and you just have some small goals into a bigger vision or picture, I think you'll be fine. So mm. whether you're just like your step today is listening to this podcast interview in full or your step today is doing the dishes and then doing the laundry and then trying to read a book or your step is to watching a couple YouTube videos about how to actually make money in real estate. If you're in the real estate space, whatever your example is or whatever it is, just take small steps and take action because the next steps will appear after you take the first steps. And I know that's said a lot, but it's, it's just right. something that's so damn true. And it's repeated all the time in my podcast. So I thought I'd repeat it here. Awesome, man. I really appreciate you. We'll have everything, everybody check out uh, new age influencer podcast and follow your accounts as well, because you, you're entertaining guy with lots of value. So <laughs> appreciate <laughs> you, brother. Yeah. Thanks Lance. I appreciate it. Cheers to growing uh, together, man. hundred percent. Aaron Patton, everybody. Thanks everybody. Make sure to check out Aaron. Go follow him on Instagram, check out his podcast. And if you want, go listen to our episode that we had together. <laughs> Love you guys. Catch you next time.